By the time Nora Ephron died last week at the age of 71, she had lived several lives as a daughter, student, woman, journalist, essayist, wife, mother, divorcee, scriptwriter, film director and producer. With all those achievements, I'll risk starting churlishly by saying that not every movie she made was great, or even good. My Blue Heaven is a comedy she wrote about a mafiosi who goes on the witness protection program. And then they had a little eggplant Benny's mother made, and she puts capers in, which I personally think is a mistake. And then they killed Nikki Capelli, one behind the ear with a 22. Richie loved to use 22s because the bullets are small and they don't come out the other end like a 45. See, a 45 will blow a barn door out the back of your head and there's a lot of dry cleaning involved. But a 22 will just rattle around like a Pac-Man, you know, until you die. Thank you, Mr. Antonelli. It came out in the same summer as Goodfellas, which might have made for strained conversations around the breakfast table. You see, Efron's husband was Nicholas Pileggi, and he not only wrote the book on which Goodfellas was based, he co-wrote the script with Martin Scorsese. Obviously, the Efron pileggi marriage was made of good stuff, which was not the case with Efron's previous marriage. That also involved a writer, a journalist to be precise, Carl Bernstein, as in All the President's Men. A few years and one child into their marriage, Efron discovered Bernstein was having an affair, while she was seven months pregnant with their second child. That betrayal and the ensuing divorce burned Efron so much, she took the ashes and rose phoenix-like with a book, Heartburn. She was able to do so because growing up, her mother taught her a basic lesson. She said everything was material for writing. If you slip on a banana peel, people laugh at you. But if you tell them you slipped on a banana peel, it's your joke. And you're the hero of the joke. And it's just the basis of of so much of comedy, and she just taught us it. And Efron encapsulated that lesson in her commencement address to the 1996 graduating class of Wellesley College. Above all, whatever you do, be the heroine of your life, not the victim. Heartburn was made into a movie with Jack Nicholson playing the Bernstein role and Meryl Streep playing Efron. And here is Efron paying hilarious tribute to Meryl Streep when Streep was given the American Film Institute's Lifetime Achievement Award in 2004. I highly recommend having Meryl Streep play you. <laughs> if your husband is cheating on you with a car hop, get Meryl to play you. <laughs> you will feel much better. If you get rear-ended in a parking lot, have Meryl Streep play you. If the dingo eats your baby, call Meryl. She plays all of us better than we play ourselves, although it's a little depressing knowing that if you went to audition to play yourself, you would lose out to her. <laughs> Some days when I'm having a hard day, I call up Meryl and she'll come and she'll step in for me. She's so good, people don't really notice. I call her at the end of the day and find out how I did, and inevitably it's one of the best days I've ever had. Those are kind and touching words, but what Efron said is also brilliant because, despite the comedy, she reveals a deep, saddening and maddening truth about too many women. Too many women compare themselves to one another and compete with one another to be not a woman, but a type of woman. And that type of woman is either what they think men want or what they think other women want to be. 
which means they never discover who they are. Nora Ephron spent her adult life discovering and rediscovering who she was and put those epiphanies to work. The script for Heartburn is a case in point. It's sophisticated and complex and oftentimes uncomfortable. You can't watch without feeling your own relationship could easily go the same way, by which I mean Ephron's work could be painfully honest, and we are told it is truth that sets us free. I, I know about you and Thelma Rice. I know everything. It's all here. Shit. You didn't even have the decency to hide the evidence. You just threw it in a drawer. Hotels. Motels. Oh, shit. You couldn't even pay cash. Like a normal philanderer, you charged everything. I mean, look at this. Flowers. Look at all these flowers that you bought her. And you occasionally brought me home a bunch of wilted zinnias. How can you do this? If I'm such a bitch, then tell me. Don't do this. We have a baby, Mark. We have another baby coming. Don't you even care about them? Writing at that time in her life, Efron said the lesson she gleaned was never marry a man you wouldn't want to be divorced from. And that gives you some indication as to the level of her wit, sophistication, sophistry and stoicism. Life can hurt you, and while you don't have to put up with it, you do need to get on with it. Here's another truth she wrote about women. The desire to get married is a basic and primal instinct in women. It's followed by another basic and primal instinct, the desire to be single again. And here's one about men. And guys, if you're listening with your wives and girlfriends, brace yourselves. Beware of men who cry. It's true that men who cry are sensitive too and in touch with their feelings, but the only feelings they tend to be sensitive to and in touch with are their own. From this, you could be tempted to believe that Efron channeled her genius into her essays and books. The wit is there even in the titles. Wallflower at the Orgy, Crazy Salad, I Remember Nothing, and I Feel Bad About My Neck, which when I first saw the title in a bookstore thought it was about a muscular complaint, but discovering no, it was about a sagging wattle, let me know once and for all that Efron wrote with incredible specificity about being a woman in the Western world. And her lasting gift was that she wrote about the many ages of being a woman in this hemisphere. She started writing in the 60s when she was in her 20s, and her ability to select the words to nail the experiences and feelings of women over the next 50 years was unparalleled. You suddenly notice that a dinner with your friends is an endless series of... What was the name of that? She was the one who was, you remember her, she had just, and, and of course, we've all been saved from the true mortification of this by our mobile devices, because we can Google the answer. If you can just figure out what to ask Google, you can get the answer. But there's no question that, that you, when you get older, it's not that your disc is full, it's that it starts getting empty in some very weird way and, and you remember nothing and you find yourself saying it all the time, I remember nothing. Through those ages, she wrote, produced and directed movies such as Bewitched, starring Nicole Kidman, Michael, starring Travolta, Lucky Numbers, again with Travolta, all of them very poor pictures. She also wrote, produced and directed Hanging Up, which was even worse. But it did star Meg Ryan and that brings us to You've Got Mail. Pride and Prejudice. Do you mind? I bet you read that book every year. I bet you just love that Mr. Darcy and your 
sentimental heart just beats wildly at the thought that he and, um, well, you know, whatever her name is, are truly, honestly going to end up together. Can I get you something? No, no, he's not staying. Mochaccino, decaf, non-fat. No, no, you are not staying. I'll just stay here until your friend gets here. Gee, is he late? The heroine of Pride and Prejudice is Elizabeth Bennet. She is one of the greatest and most complex characters ever written, not that you would know. As a matter of fact, I've read it. Oh, well, good for you. I think you'd discover a lot of things if you really knew me. If I really knew you, I know what I would find instead of a brain, a cash register, instead of a heart, a bottom line. And You've Got Mail leads us to Sleepless in Seattle, which is a very well-crafted piece. Sam, tell me what was so special about your wife. Well, how long is your program? Oh, well, it was a... Oh, it was a million tiny little things. That when you added them all up, it, it just meant that we were supposed to be together. And I knew it. And I knew it the very first time I touched her. It's like coming home. Only to know home I, I'd ever known. It. I was just taking her hand to help her out of a car. And I knew it. It was like... Magic. Magic. The last picture Efron made was Julie and Julia, which centered on her favorite things, which are also very good things. In no particular order, food, friendship, New York, writing, relationships, Paris, reading, companionship, and perseverance. Wives, don't do anything here. That's not me. This is not me. I saw a notice on the bulletin board at the embassy for hat-making lessons. You like hats? I do, I do. What is it that you really like to do? Each. <laughs> I like to do. No, no, I know, I know. And we are so good at it. Look at you. Now, how good in front of you. Of course, the Nora Ephron movie was the one she wrote, but neither produced nor directed, When Harry Met Sally, about which the less said the better, because in those 92 minutes, as she often did, Nora Ephron said it best. You're wrong. I'm not wrong. You're he, he wrong. Wa he wants her to leave. That's why he puts her on the plane. I don't think she wants to stay. Of course she wants to stay. Wouldn't you rather be with Humphrey Bogart than the other guy? I don't want to spend the rest of my life in Casablanca married to a man who runs a bar. Probably sounds very snobbish to you, but I don't. You'd rather be in a passionless marriage. And be the first lady of Czechoslovakia. Than live with a man you've had the greatest sex of your life with just because he owns a bar and that is all he does. Yes. And so at any woman in her right mind, women are very practical, even Ingrid Bergman, which is why she gets on the plane at the end of the movie. I understand. What? What? Nothing. Forget about it. What? Forget about what? It's not important. Now just tell me. Obviously, you haven't had great sex yet. Two, please. They're right over there. Yes, I have. No, you haven't. It just so happens that I have had plenty of good sex. 